Welcome to Mind Your Mind. Mind Your Mind podcast is for busy people like you who want to enjoy life and free up their time and emotional space by learning valuable tools for self-care and mindfulness. Our weekly topics are filled with compelling discussions and practical solutions to increase your productivity and healthy living. I'm your host, Joseph Tropper, and I'm honored to have you here with me today. Hey, welcome to episode six, the four habits of emotionally intelligent people. And this is just such an important topic. We always hear about emotional intelligence or social intelligence and what is it? How does it work? And how does it benefit me? Uh, How do I know if I am emotionally intelligent? And if I'm not, how do I fix that? Because I know that it's so important. Well, let's talk about it today in the four habits of emotionally intelligent people. So I always like to start off with the facts. Emotional intelligence is a uh, hot topic made famous in uh, in the 90s by uh, social psychologist Daniel Goleman in his book, uh, Social Intelligence. And he's gone on to write many other books on the topic, which are all really fascinating. Um, and they all kind of have the same theme about what social or emotional intelligence is. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I really highly recommend his works if you're interested in learning more about him. He's considered one of the experts on the subject, on the topic. Edward Thorndike is a famous uh, psychologist researcher in the 20s, so he had already identified social intelligence. He called it the ability to understand and manage men and women, uh, to act wisely in human relations. And so that's a really important aspect of it. But like I said, Daniel Goleman in 1995 with his uh, landmark work, Social Intelligence, really took it to to another level. So we know that social intelligence plays out in personal uh, relationships, uh, and, and work environments as well. And in fact, companies try to be socially intelligent and emotionally intelligent. So let's learn about that. Just starting off with some facts, Goleman, uh, based on his research, he claims that 80% of your adult success comes from what he calls EQ. So as opposed to, in, in contrast to IQ, which is intelligence, fluid intelligence, he has coined this term EQ, emotional intelligence, or what he calls EQ for short, to focus on that. So he says that 80% of your success comes from that. And 75% of careers are derailed because of emotional competencies or issues based on not getting along with colleagues or leadership issues. And this is the center of creative leadership has published this study. So again, really pushing for this emotional intelligence. But again, what is it? Well, that's what we're going to define today. John Mayer and Peter Salavi are famous researchers, and they define emotional intelligence as having proficiency in four specific areas. Number one, identifying emotions. Number two, using them. Number three, understanding them. And number four, regulating them. And you'll see when I go through the four habits, we'll touch on all four of those aspects. Well, my favorite quote, of course, comes from no one else besides Daniel Goleman, one of my favorite people on the topic, and for good reason. And he says, what really matters for success, character, happiness, and lifelong achievements is a definitive set of emotional skills, your EQ, not just purely cognitive abilities that are measured by conventional IQ tests. So again, your EQ, your emotional intelligence, your social intelligence are really the make or break. So let's talk about the four habits that emotionally intelligent people have. And I think that will help you understand better what emotional intelligence is and why it's so important in your life. Number one habit is great conversation skills. And now what does that mean? You might say, Joe, I'm not a conversationalist. Well, conversation skills mean making other people comfortable in the conversation. And the biggest way to do that is to stop overthinking and saying to yourself, I have nothing to say. What am I going to do? Oh, my goodness. Look, there's definitely such a thing as social anxiety, and that 
could get in the way of your social habits. But I think that people that ruminate in that area of what am I going to say and how do I say it are really forgetting that so much of conversation is just literally the flow of saying, hi, how are you? Checking in with people and showing genuine interest in them. So just relax, let it flow and let the other person talk a little bit as well. Sometimes it's good to fill in the lulls by talking. Sometimes it's good just to allow the lulls to be there. But when you check in with questions that are non-invasive, just friendly and inviting, that really helps the conversation flow. And people trust you more when you talk with them. That's a really important thing. Whatever whatever job you do, you're going to be interacting with people. So working on those conversation skills is really a, a skill that uh, many emotionally intelligent people have, socially intelligent people have. So working on the conversation skills. And, and one big pointer about that is that doesn't mean that you should be expressing embarrassing or pointless or just foolish things. That's not conversation skills because that's awkward for everybody. Number two, another habit is uh, socially intelligent people read social cues, understand their roles, and know how to make people feel at ease. Once again, Goldman's research, one of my favorite aspects of his research is he wanted to, he set out to try to figure out what makes it that uh, waiters and waitresses get bigger tips. What is the defining factor? Was it intelligence? Was it good looks? That's what a lot of people would think. Uh, what is it that determined that? And the answer was social intelligence, the ability to just make uh, the patrons of the restaurant feel comfortable and at ease and just talk to them in a way that, helped, that, that made them feel like you were relating to them. Socially intelligent people read social cues. They see when someone's annoyed and they understand, hey, maybe the conversation that I'm having or the thing that I'm saying isn't the appropriate thing. They know their roles. They know who they are. They know who the person that they're interacting with is. And that's a really important thing. A big aspect here, I say, is being non-confrontational. So even if you have to uh, correct someone or you disagree with something that someone's saying, that's fine. But just, you know, when you call it out blatantly and say, no, that's wrong, or I totally disagree with that. There's a time that that's appropriate, but many times that becomes more confrontational than what it needs to be. And often if you just say, well, you know, hey, it's an interesting point, and, you know, I, I see it this way, that person might actually agree with you and say, you know, you're right, I didn't mean to make my point in that exact circumstance. So just being respectful towards others is really important. Number three, emotionally intelligent people have self-efficacy. They respect themselves, and that sense of self-respect could flow forth towards others. Because if you have no respect for yourself, then it's going to be hard to empathize and understand other people because you're always having to defend yourself and, and knowing that you don't really have anything intelligent to say and wondering whether anyone's respecting you. But if you start with a healthy dose of self-respect, of really just advocating for your own ideas and really learning how to stand behind your thought process and feeling good about yourself, that's going to help you be more socially intelligent towards others. And finally, the last part, number four, is socially intelligent people understand human motivation and they know how to harness that power. They know how to be part of a team and encourage people. They know how to be part of a team and disagree respectfully, but they know how to harness that power, those emotions. That's the whole point why we call it emotional intelligence. They know how to harness that power and be able to use it for the teamwork that they do. Some practical solutions. The, the main thing I would tell you if you want to work on your emotional intelligence uh, is two things. Number one is empathy. I cannot stress that enough. Empathizing with other people, understanding what they're saying, really hearing them out. If you could validate someone and show them that you understand what they're saying, what, what their intentions are, what their ideas are, what their fears are, what their worries are, then you help put them at ease and they feel comfortable with you and then they trust you and they're going to be interested in hearing what you have to say. So that's one aspect that's very important. And the second thing is using what Stephen Covey uh, says, 
which is one of his seven habits are seek first to understand, then to be understood. So listening, really, again, it's part of empathy, but really just practicing listening to other people because when you listen to them, and uh, this is something that How to Win Friends and Influence People has also made very famous, um, this idea of listening to other people and really meeting them where they're at. I don't mean in an insincere fake way. I mean, really, Dale Carnegie's idea in How to Win Friends and and influence people is how to really meet people where they're at in an emotional and respectful way, using the empathy that we're talking about. That's where emotional intelligence comes from. And you will see how powerful it is and how much you're able to really get things done when you have people that respect you and that know that you respect them. It's amazing. One question for today, and I encourage everyone to go on the website, mindyourmindonline.com, and submit your questions. It's great to hear from everybody. And I love having this segment where I can interact with you and actually answer questions that you have personally. So Alice in Ohio, she wrote, a little vague, and I'm going to try to answer what she's saying. My best friend since childhood is constantly ignoring my calls. But then when she finds out I'm with another friend, she gets angry with me. How do I deal with this? Okay. So I'm not sure what you're referring to when you say this. Are you saying, how do you deal with the friend in general? Or are you saying, how do you deal with the fact that she gets angry? So let me answer both. Um, I'm not a big advocate for saying, well, find new friends, because obviously you're asking me and that friendship has value. But I do think that there's some very big imbalance here where your friend feels like she owns you and controls who you interact with. And there's something not happening here. So I would say just kind of be cautious. You know, maybe this relationship is not what either of you are looking for. But listen, you know, it's great to have friends since childhood and there's something very meaningful. But the bottom line is that sometimes we grow apart. And sometimes we just have different needs as adults. So the first thing is I would just call it out with this friend and say, hey, you know, let's have a frank conversation about what each of us is looking for in this friendship. And let's have a frank conversation about, you know, what I consider appropriate and how I meet my needs outside of the friendship. And I I ask for you to respect that because if you can't respect that, then that's going to be an issue in our relationship. And I'm going to try to respect your needs as well for autonomy. And again, how do you deal with it? I think in general, you have a right to do whatever you want to do. If you have friends that you like to hang out with, especially that other best friend since childhood doesn't seem to even be available for you. Um, So it's time to just kind of quarantine like, hey, I'm willing to continue with this relationship and friendship, but there has to be mutual respect and understanding. And there are plenty of areas that maybe we could overlap and do good things together and have a good time. But there are other areas that I'm going to, you know, have other needs outside of this friendship and meet those in other friendships. I think that we often hold on to the past things because we think that we've had it for so long. Why change it? It's worked and it's childhood and it means so much. Hey, look, no one's taken away those childhood memories. You had a good time together. But it it might be time to move on if your friend can't respect you where you are. Uh, Or it might be time just to redefine the relationship and kind of just say, okay, it was good while it lasted in the past, and now there's just different dynamics and we're in different places in life. So I hope that helps. In closing, four habits of highly successful, emotionally intelligent people. They focus on being aware of the emotions, meeting other people in their emotional space, starting with meeting yourself in your own emotional space, and really just making people feel comfortable. It's a way that could greatly enhance your own life, your relationships, and even your businesses and workplaces. Don't forget to mind your mind. Thank you so much for joining me. It's always great to share tips, and I look forward to hearing from you. Your feedback really feeds into this topic selection and shows me what you're interested in learning more about. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to mind your mind. For more practical ideas and to make sure you never miss an episode, visit us at mindyourmindonline.com.